0: hello and welcome to the eighth installment of our local radio and podcast series collie just transition if you're wondering what's happening at the coal face of our town's diversification beyond the life of the coal industry well you're in the right place as you may have heard in our previous episodes The Just Transition process is an internationally recognised framework for supporting impacted workers and communities in the transition away from emission-intensive industries like coal. And as we know, this is increasingly becoming a focus for government and industries around the globe. Collie Community Radio is working in partnership with the WA Government to bring you all the latest information about this process, which has been running in Collie since 2017 and was formalised with the plan by the Government in 2020. We kicked off this series in November last year, and since then we've spoken to industry professionals, new providers and even the Minister for Energy – in our last episode, we had South Regional TAFE's Cathy Kaye here in the Collie Community Radio Studio to talk you through the plan for a jobs and skills centre in the heart of Collie. This time, we're going to have an insight into how some of the workers feel. Joining us is Greg Busson, the Secretary of the Mining and Energy Union WA Division. Greg, hello and welcome to Collie Community Radio.
1: Hi, Noah, Thanks for the opportunity today.
0: Before we jump into this chat, another Just Transition Working Group meeting has come and gone. Again, all focused on the topic we're touching on today. Colleague Delivery Unit Senior Project Officer John Carney is back in the studio to give us the rundown. Hello, John. Hello, Nola. Yep,
2: another Just Transition meeting down. And I've got a bit of a wrap for your listeners. Uh, today, we had members of the Queensland Mining, Energy and Union join the meeting. And I'd just like to thank Stephen Smyth for appearing on the podcast today. Um, we also had discussion of industry attraction, industrial land, workforce training support, and Collie Industrial, the new Collie Industrial Transition Fund. Also, we had a <coughs> different sort of presentation. We had actually had one from Leo Labs. And if I just expand on that a little bit, um, Leo Labs provides commercial radar tracking services for the objects in low earth orbit and currently has satellites in Costa Rica, New Zealand, Portugal and the United States. Leo Labs are currently constructing a radar to the west of Collie, which will be part of a global network of radar arrays that tracks low orbit debris to items below 10 millimeters. This radar will be Leo Labs' first major Australian project.
0: Thanks for that John. Greg, before you joined the union, you worked in the coal industry for over 30 years. Yes, that's right, Nola. So you would have a really good grasp on how the industry in Collie works.
1: Yes, um, i probably have better oversight than most, uh, covering both all the mine sites and the power, some of the power stations in Collie. So, yeah, that's right, Nola. Um, I was employed at Griffin Coal as a production operator for 37 years, uh, finishing there in December of 2017. Since that date, I um, obviously I was a delegate on site for uh, 10 years at Grif- uh, Griffin Coal and now I've been, since March 2018 I've been the district secretary for WA for the Mining and Energy Union. Yeah, so we've gone along and things have changed over that period of time. We've been, uh, Collie has adapted to change. Um, in the early 90s um, when we closed the underground coal mines and s- stuff like that, Collie adapted Uh, Collie Griffin-Cole originally were the first people in Australia to actually go to the -the round-the-clock operations. We did that without a day's loss of production because we went through a proper process. And Collie's been good at accepting change as long as there's a reason for the change, not just because people want to change. So I don't think the Just Transition's any different. It's about communicating with the people. And um, the fact that we've all been able to adapt in the past, I don't see any reason why we can't do it in the future.
0: How do you think Collie people have been affected by the announcement of the closure
1: yeah um, different people depending on where they worked um, their where they are in the timeline of the just transition uh, originally we the people in the coal mines haven't been affected to start with um, up until the announcement in June this year previously it was just the major power station people where the immediate effect was being felt but now the uh, now it's getting real for everyone because now we've had the uh, the announcements. Everyone understands where they are on that timeline. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty early on, um, but I think now that people are starting to do their their individual transition plans, gives them a chance to talk with their employer, talk to their families prior to that about what they want to do going forward. But but until they can do that, especially in the mining industry, we have to start attracting some major industries in town so people have got something to transfer in transfer into. Um, until they have those dates, it's asking what you want to retrain in and if you haven't got an idea, it's hard to go through those. So I think that's a major focus for us on the Just Transition, is to try and assist in attracting that major industry to replace the one that's currently there.
0: So what can you see as being done to help collie people?
1: Oh well, originally um, we've seen this as a stage effect. I think the government have gone through. We've seen what they've done into the town centre and changing the aesthetics of the com- of the town, whereas people from outside the community, people in the community, understood what Collie was about, and but the perception outside of Collie was that it's a you know, coal mining place so it must be covered in coal dust and we're all rough and tough. But I think the way that the government have gone about changing the, the aesthetics of the town, the um, a- the attraction for the beauty that's around town. so. Taking advantage of those things we've got with the the natural beauty and trying to diversify the first part of the community into, of the economy, sorry, into uh, one of uh, leisure activities and um, attracting people for camping and using and the bike trails. I think have done a good thing.
0: Oh, the trails and for walkers as well. We've we've attracted a lot of walkers.
1: Yeah, you see in town, knowledge. As the weather gets better, the amount of people in town, and especially on weekends, trying to get a parking spot in town with people with bike, push bikes on the back, and you see the people walking down the town when there's sticks going on the trails. I think it's fantastic. So those tourism jobs have been a good start. But as I said, we need to attract an alternative industry to replace those big end jobs that secure the future of the town. I think that has to be our focus going forward, so that we can maintain those, retain those people we've got in town, and have jobs going forward for their
0: families. We would like to bring in Stephen Smyth from the Queensland branch of the Mining and Energy Union. Stephen has been in town looking at how WA does a just transition. So um, what have you found?
3: Yes, thank you, Noah. We came over here because we wanted to see how West Australia is handling the switch to this uh, just transition and particularly Collie. So uh, that was the main focus of our, our visit over here. We are in the early stages of what we see as a transformation of the economy in Queensland there's, and as, as the mining energy union, the principal union in the, in the coal and power sector in Queensland, um, we sit on a number of committees that oversees this process being suggested. There's various options being considered in Queensland, including um, additional hydro, hydrogen and other renewable options. But in saying that, there's still plenty of work to be un- undertaken to prove these forms of energy. And, and considering that Queensland has the, the most uh, modern fleet of coal-fired power stations, there's some challenges for us as well.
0: What makes WA so different to how the East Coast is handling the transition?
3: And what I've been able to see so far, certainly the difference is the approach by the government um, with the engagement of unions and in the industry. Um, the fact that transition has a timeline and has commenced and has been put in place, even though there'll, there'll be some some uncertainty along the way, that, that's certainly a, a plus that I see there's a definite timeline. The other piece is the location and, and, in fact, the number of coal-fired power stations to be taken offline and the fact that you have the readily supply availability of cheap gas and you're talking about an area where you have your, your coal-fired power generation situated versus a situation like in Queensland where we have coal-fired power stations, hydro up and down the coast and inland, so, so there is a few more challenges there as well.
0: Is there anything that WA could learn from their East Coast counterparts?
3: That's actually a great question. I mean, that's one of the main reasons we've travelled to WA, to compare notes, uh, participate in engagement with the stakeholders on the ground, because I think we can both learn from each other, the states certainly. You know, some certainly some of the technology is in infancy in the project stage, and we've seen that in Queensland where we had announcements of, of hydrogen, green um, hydrogen, which now they're coming back and saying they're going to do pilot programs and projects because because there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to be done. Um, for us, really, the introduction of hydrogen needs to be in stages, and we believe the blue and the grey hydrogen, either gas or coal, to be used to ensure the system work and the processes work, instead of um, what I think, to be perfectly honest, is jumping to green hydrogen. Um, and, and while green hydrogen may be the end goal of the Queensland government, um, I don't believe that can be achieved without first working through the process of blue and grey but also bringing the workers, the communities and their families along on this journey. And, and I think one of the things we're certainly finding out in Queensland is they may have set timeframes, but I think those timeframes will blow out. And I think there's still a, a lot of uncertainty um, on this journey we're on.
0: Right,
2: Greg. Thank
0: that. <laughs> uh, so, Greg, is there anything you would like to see the government do to further help Collie?
1: Yeah, no, well, I can't. I continually stress this about the importance of getting one, at least one major industry in town, more would be better. Because what we need is like terms and conditions for the current uh, workforce in the mines and the power station industries. But what we also want to see is we want to see an industry that comes in and in 10 years' time we haven't had the same discussion because that industry's passed. So I think we have to have sustainable um, industries with good likes and conditions and terms and conditions for the workforce.
0: John? Do you think this is achievable for the government?
2: Yes, Nola, yeah, I do believe it's achievable, especially with the current government's financial and resources commitments. And I'm also confident, as a whole, the government can attract industry to Collie. Diversification is the answer with multiple medium to large-scale industries. If the government can achieve that, then, as Greg said, in, uh, in years to come, <coughs> Collie should not be confronted with the current problem that we are too reliant on one major industry.
0: Greg, how is the Mining and Energy Union looking out for the people of Collie? Uh,
1: yeah, we've been full since, since the, uh, I first received a phone call from Minister Johnson regarding the, the issue at hand and the fact that they wanted to start a just transition process. I've been, the union, um, I've been supporting the process as it's gone along. I see this as an opportunity. We can make the key, the community that we want. Um, I think we have to be in the tent to be part of it and to make any future change. But we also see that if it's not done properly, then the members, the community, you know, we're talking about workers, but we're also talking the main game here is about a community, trying to save a community. So I think the more work we can put in it, the more support and work together on it. I think that's the main aim.
0: I'd like to thank all my guests for coming into the studio. Greg Busson from the Mining and Energy Union WA, and our guest all the way from Queensland, Stephen Smyth, for coming onto the podcast. And of course, John, thanks again for coming in. For those wanting to know how to listen back to previous podcast episodes, jump onto Apple Podcast and search Collie Just Transition to listen back to any of our episodes. You can also listen from your desktop when you visit Collie Just Transition, one word, dot pod bean dot com. You can also search wa.gov.au forward slash Collie Just Transition, one word, for a full rundown of the work we have been doing. Thanks again for listening. I'm Nola Green and this is the Collie Just Transition podcast. We'll catch you again soon.